Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes, Kevin Foote on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3, 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111, On this, I'll say it, glorious Wednesday morning. I don't really like staying up till midnight, but when I stay up till midnight and the Astros win, I, I I'm good with that. It's um, it you know, again I I it is time. If I was the Rangers and the Astros, the, the problem with it is the Astros have done a lot. They do a lot of winning on the West Coast, so that's the good thing. They win a lot of games at the Angels. They win a lot of games at Seattle. Um, and so when they play these West Coast games, the good thing is they won a lot. So I guess you can only complain so much. But the older and fatter I get, I'm like, man, it's time for the Cardinals and the Royals to go out West. Let, let them spend a few years playing all these games you know, when the when the Yankees and the Red Sox and those teams have to go out west, oh, it's this big ordeal. The Astros got to do it all the time. Now, I know the Astros are central. They're not eastern. But still, that's two time zones away constantly. Constantly. It's time for the – it's the Cardinals and Royals' turn to go out west. They're no, they're no further from Seattle than in Asia than we are. But, no, great victory last night. Uh, the Astros are not hitting the ball right now, but man, the thing that's so I don't ever remember the bullpen looking this remember last year at this time we had a ball pin. Everything was ball, ball up, ball, 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 ball. Man. I you know, I've had Hector Neris before in fantasy. I never thought he was great, man. He looks good early on. Now, again, he's gonna he's gonna have bad games. I get that, but man, he looks good. Stanick makes me nervous every time he's in there, but most of the time he gets it done. Uh, Mayton has been fabulous. He he kind of drives me drove me crazy last night because he he walked a number nine hitter and not just a number nine hitter, a guy a catcher who's just like coming into the major leagues, like he's. It was like one of the first games he's played. He's not He's not good. And he walks him. But he got out of it. Uh, Presley is, you know, back to pitching fabulous. Uh, you know, man, the bullpen looks good. Man. Now, they got all kind. They've had all kind of issues offensively. Like yesterday, El Pedro was sick. I don't know what happened to him. Uh, Yuli had a, one of them paternity shawls over the weekend. So, he wasn't playing all weekend. But... They, so they're not scoring a lot of runs, except for that one stupid game that they did. But uh, but man, their bullpen looks good. And 
you know, I don't know when McCullers is going to be back a month, six weeks from now. And if it's before that, like, they, they got more starting pitchers than they know what to do with. <laughs> wow. So I'm I'm feeling pretty good early on, especially if they can stay healthy. Again, it, it's really all about it. If this team stays healthy, I don't see how they're not going to be better than they were a year ago if they stay healthy. But obviously that is a huge if. But if they stay healthy, I don't see how this team won't be better than last year. I don't see it. They, on paper, they will be better if they stay healthy. But uh, it's baseball. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Foot, relax. We, we less than a week into the season. Oh, I'm I'm relaxing, but man, I like this bull. I like the prospects of our bullpen. And, and foot, I I can't listen to you no more. You got me. You got my wife fussing at me when, when the Braves game started yesterday. I, I'm screaming for them to let's go, let's score, and then they they get to run 15 and 16, and I'm screaming, okay, that's enough. And she said, what do you want? Do you want them to score or not? No, you don't want to score. She too don't much. understand, no. and, and 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 you got me getting fussed at in the house and everything because I don't want them to score. So, so what did um, what was y'all score last night? Y'all scored that many runs, sixteen to three. Oh, Pablo, not good. But, <laughs> but you know, yesterday, and, and I wanted to apologize. There was a gentleman who called last week and wanted me to to kind of tell you the games that I liked, and yet, and and I haven't been doing that. Just I blame it on all this quarterback talk for the Saints and the drives got my mind going crazy. But yesterday, the guru at work, he he says. Uh, who do you think are the best picks tonight? I said, well, I think the best pick is DeBray. He said, what, pitching a guy he's never pitched before? I said, the Braves haven't been playing well. They're due. And, 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 and he said, what about the Blue Jays? I said, well, the Blue Jays are facing Nestor Cortez, and he's, he throws all that junk stuff. And when you're a fancy-hitting team like the Blue Jays and, and, you, and you throw a little junk pitcher at him, that's probably going to mess him up. And, of course, it did. So, I uh, I I I got I kind of got those two right. I need to kind of look and see what's going tonight. So who who y'all pitching today? Max Freed played eleven thirty. Oh, against Josiah Gray. Yeah. Josiah Gray, Max I think Freed, is pretty Max good. Freed is due to bounce back. Josiah Gray's good. But I I I would think that would be a relatively low scoring game, but I, I feel good about your chances of winning. Yeah. Now, Foot. Uh, uh, these these guys. <laughs> these guys get paid to do this. And I'm watching Mel Kuyper, and he, just a while ago, not to go back, not to get you upset or nothing, but he has Malik Willis going to number six of the Carolina Panthers. And before he gets off the air, he says, the only thing that can mess this up is if the Saints see Carolina picking Willis at six and jumps in front of him at five and take him. I mean, what is Mel Kuyper doing? Again, it's just none of it makes any sense whatsoever. So if they do it again, I'll be depressed for a long time. But, but, but I just there's just no logic behind it. You know they're preaching all this. Well, we got to start being more fiscally responsible, and we don't want to pay twenty million dollars for average, slightly above average wide receivers and all. The only way to battle all that is to draft rookies. It's cheaper. So why would you trade up and throw away and and, and not have any other way to fill holes to draft some quarterback who's gonna redshirt? I mean, Malik Willis is Jordan Love. That it's just it's it's beyond my comprehension. I don't get it at all. 
And I mean, everybody on this show is calling and saying it ain't going to happen, but they're getting that from somewhere. They're not just making this up out of thin air. I, I, I don't think. I huh? also, I just don't think the Steelers, everyone's pick, got the Steelers picking a quarterback. I don't think they're going to. And, and they might prove me wrong, and I'll just say, well, I was wrong. But I really don't think they're going to. Like, the, the Steelers are very much, the, the, the Steelers and the Saints are almost an identical situation. They both won nine games last year. The Astros, I mean, the the Saints should have been in the playoffs. The Steelers shouldn't have. But still, they both won nine games with with no offense, none. They, you know, so they're like, well, why did they want to go backwards by picking a quarterback that's not even going to play? Let's help my team now. And so, I, I really don't think the Steelers are going to pick a quarterback. Well. Man, for your sake, I sure hope they don't trade those two picks to move to number five. Well, if, again, if, if, the if, Panthers, if they do that again, I, I don't know if I can make it. I don't know. Two weeks, need to, a week and a half, whatever it is, needs to hurry. Because fifteen I don't know days. I gotta wait fifteen more days for this. Fifteen days cannot come fast enough. Fifteen days. I see the first day to be over, so that we get past those. That's two. a big number. Yeah, fifteen. Oh, yeah, and I don't, know if you, I don't know if Hannah can make it 15 more days. Uh-uh. Like, yeah. I can't, Troy. I cannot. I, I, I am already setting out some guest hosts for the, the week after the first day of the draft. Oh, already man. setting it up. All right, talk to y'all later. 15 days. But I know, I know. I mean, I just... Uh... I don't think they're going to pick a quarterback. I don't know why Eric keeps bringing that up, I, I, but I'm I tired feel, of myself. I, my nerves are just back because you got to understand... <laughs> You got to understand what we went through as Saints fans last year. It was awful. All of this, the injuries and bad news and bad news and bad news oh, yeah, it was and bad. Constant. It just, it was just, you know, a whole year of nothing but bad news. Just struggle, struggle, struggle. I just can't take any more bad news. And then I got Bozo going to Las Vegas and acting like an idiot. And then they, they get um. They sign a safety, which they needed to, and then and so say he's got some DUI from five years ago that some uh, for some reason the Lions didn't. Have, I mean the Jets didn't have to pay for. I you know still don't get all of that. I can't take anymore. Uh, so my nerves are bad already, and there's been so much negativity and so many obstacles, obstacles. Can't take any more obstacles. So I don't need suicide. I don't need self-induced obstacle by doing the dumbest thing ever. And these people keep saying, well, They're not going to. the Saints are going to do the dumbest thing ever. Oh, well, thanks. Well, that, 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 that does my heart good. You need to have like that Marshall Tucker song. They're going to do the dumbest thing ever. There's nothing dumber than trading up for a mediocre quarter, a red shirt mediocre to. quarterback. They're not going to. Why try to bring that up? Because everyone's going to bring it up because they always get you riled up. They love riled up foot. I do not. Personally, do not I, like I just, riled up foot. I just, <laughs> i tell you what, though. Over what? the next 15 days, every time I'm going to, every time that I get all fired up and worried about what the Saints are going to do, I'm going to start trying to think of the Astros' bullpen because it makes me feel good. The Astros, man, Rafael Montero. You know, we talked all we talked a lot last year about this Kendall Graveman trade, and then he came, he did okay, and then he left. And, and, and the throw-in player in that was Rafael Montero. 
He looks good. He looks good. Rafael Montero. There you go. Think of the Astros. Man, Astros bullpen. bullpen looks good. And think of Marcus Tucker Band. Looks good. Those are your two options of when you get riled up. And I think about um what Pop Tars and butter on it. Oh, I <laughs> That's a good thing to think about. That is a definitely a good thing to think about. But I uh, think about what the Saints could do if they do the right thing. Man, they will. They are going to do the wrong thing. I, w- I was daydreaming yesterday. Can you imagine how fired up I'm going to be on the Friday morning? You know, 16 days from now, if the if the Saints do what they're supposed to do, it's going to be the most glorious. If the Astros win that day before that day game, yeah, and then and then the Saints do what they're supposed to do, uh huh, it will be a glorious Friday morning. I might or, bring us or, some Pop-Tarts or chocolate chip uh, cookies. Or I might have to do the show horizontally. Like, I might be, like, not, like, just not be able to eat. I don't know if I have the energy to sit up. Will you even drive in the car? I don't know. So you got sit up in the car when you drive. I, I don't Can't know lay how I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to do anything. I don't know how I'm going to speak. I'm, seriously, I'm going to be so over the top, disgusted, discouraged, upset. You have another good word for that? Just, it will be the ultimate pabon. <laughs> Use it yes, right. you got it. <laughs> it will be the ultimate problem. It will be, it will be worse than the NFC Championship game in 2018. Worse than that. It will be worse than the Minneapolis miracle. It will be way worse. <sighs> it's gonna be like eating chocolate chips straight out the bag, huh? That might be something that I can do. <laughs> That might be something I can do to make me feel better if that happens. Just get a big old bag of chocolate chips and throw it in the dumpster. Make me feel better. <laughs> make me feel better. It's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. I, I believe in us. We're right over two weeks away. 15 days. All right. 15 days away. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, we will talk some Saints about it, but we, we haven't really talked about the rest of the NFL draft, which is fascinating to me. So we'll start finally doing something that now that we're 15 days away. That's that's a that's way too big a number. Way too big a number. We'll do that when we come back on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Do your loved ones run for cover when watching a game with you? Then Footnotes is the show for you. Time for more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Boy, you're right. That was good. Hannah knows what she's doing. She knows how to calm me down. Welcome back to to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to um, remind you about Festival International. If you would like to go, you need to put yourself in position to win this prize pack. All you need to do is go to the website, join the Rewards Club, and you might win 
Festival International prize pack that would include exclusive access to front row and stage areas, shaded seating, air-conditioned restrooms, express drink lines, shirts, pins, posters, all kinds of neat stuff. A Festival International prize pack, what you need to do to get eligible is go to the game, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. All right. We uh, Let's do this. Before we get started, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hello. Howdy, sir. Kevin, how's it going? Oh, I got 15 days. I, I, I don't know how I'm going to make it. 15 days, I know, huh? Yeah. That's too long. Hey, uh, I know. The last time I called you, I was calling about uh, Jim Harbaugh or John, whichever one, one of the brothers, was getting interviewed right. for the head coaching job of the Vikings. Well, anyway, yeah. The reason why I was calling, Kevin, they have an Alabama receiver. Uh, he's coming out in the draft. And I'm trying to find out what round you think he's going to go in. I don't know his name. He was originally born in Africa. He speaks real, real well. I've seen the interview. I just can't remember his name. I was just wondering uh, where you thought he was going to go in the draft. Are you talking about Mechie? Go, go ahead. Are you talking about Mechie? There's Jamison Williams and then there's Mechie. Now, there may be another one that I'm not. It could be Mechie then. Mechie's Me- Me- sure but... looking if he, uh, most people are projecting him in the second round. That's what I, yeah, well, yeah. I'd like to grab him in the second round. Yeah. That could work. I, I just wondered what you thought of him, if you've seen him play the, very much. I've just seen highlights, you know. They're, they're, right. What's you know, I've size, seen him play a little a little bit. But 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 he he's a guy that there are a lot of good receivers in the second round. Uh, I'm going to try to get his size for you. But there, if you again, if you need receivers, which the Saints do, it's a per- – but why do the Vikings need receivers? Well, just because – Thielen's getting up there. I think Thielen's going to be 32, you know. Right. And uh, you could all, it's like the league. The league is going to that way. You're needing uh, wide receivers. Very important position, you know. Oh, no, it, it, it is. By the way, he's six foot 195 from Taiwan. He was born in Taiwan, so that's him. Yeah, John Mechie. I, again, I, I, I guess it's possible someone could pick him at the bottom of the first round, but I think he's going to be one of many wide receivers okay. picked I'll, in the second round. I was wondering about that. Okay, thank you so much. Kevin. All right, thank you. Speaking of the Vikings, it, 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 I mean, there, there is no such thing as a consensus other than maybe the number one pick, and even that is not a total consensus. Because lately, if you look at a lot of mock drafts, you know, most people have Hutchinson from Michigan going to the Jags. But, I, you know, I've seen some Evan Neals and some Travon Walkers of late. So it's not like a, a, an all-American lock if you buy these mock drafts that Hutchinson is going to be number one. But one of the – the Vikings, as of now, picked 12. Derek Stingley from LSU and obviously from Baton Rouge um, – a lot of people have are predicting Derek Stingley to go to the Vikings at 12. Like a lot of people. Now, Stingley's one of those guys that 
his talent level is such that I could see someone getting enamored with him in that seven, eight, nine spot and 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 reaching up and getting him. Would not be shocking. But he's got enough question marks where I don't think he'll go that high. But uh, a lot of people, including me in my mock draft, that I, which is being tweaked almost daily, but um, have Stingley going. It's you know that's a pretty popular thought right now that Stingley's going to go uh, join a former LSU cornerback up in uh, in Minnesota. So we'll see how if that really happens. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Kevin, how are you doing? Oh, man, 15 days. You tell me how I'm going to make it. I mean, cl- clearly they've seen the, the Liberty versus the Cajuns tape, huh? Well, I mean, I mean, uh, I mean you would think, uh, I, you know, again, I, I, this, this, I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. I don't know. Uh you got you got to think. There's no way Dennis Allen's going to put his neck on the line to draft somebody that early when you almost got a complete roster. Because then, in a year or two, you're playing with a rookie. I mean, essentially, somebody who's been there for two years. Yeah, and again, financially, it doesn't make any sense. You can they keep talking all this trash about how they're trying to get back on course or whatever with the salary cap which you know me I think that's a little over a lot overrated but but even if I'm okay in this sense like if you're gonna do that trading draft picks to go up is not how you do it you 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 pick an offensive tackle you pick a wide receiver those are things that cost you a lot of money in free agency to fill those holes especially now with these wide receivers asking these crazy um Crazy demands for, uh, salary-wise. So that's how you do it, by picking these high-profile positions that cost a lot of money to fill with rookie contracts. Yeah, It just makes too much sense to draft a wide receiver and tackle. That's what scares me. Right, and because they always seem to do something that's a little bit different than what we think, which a lot of the times is fine. But again, this is the time – to not get crazy, forget about the Sears catalog, and just do the logical thing. It, 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 it's all you got to do is do the logical thing. Well, you got you got the guy who's not logical out of there. I mean, Sean's going, so maybe some logic will come into play. It's I hope. So, who do you want? Oh, I want I want the best tackle available, and I want another receiver. I'd like either Ohio State receiver, and um, you know, I think the tackles. I, I think we're okay at tackle. I think the Kentucky guy is going to be all right, but I think um, that they drafted last year. But you know, obviously, there's so many injuries, and Pete made a glass. You're going to have to get somebody else in there. So I, I would like either wide receiver from Ohio State and the best tackle available. You know, I'm starting to wonder. And I, I don't know, obviously, we, none of us know. We're all guessing. But I'm starting to wonder if the Saints are going to pick. On a, because of what you said about Pete and what we've seen from Ruiz, it, it, I wonder if it's possible they would pick a guard instead of a tackle or someone who has the ability to play guard and tackle that could be kind of a, a to give you some versatility there. 
Yeah, hopefully. And hopefully it all makes sense. But 15 days, you got it. Oh, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Help me. Pray for me. Every day. All right. (laughs) You know, know, because look, we're all focused on pinning. And, you know, there's some, I I saw a mock draft yesterday that had cross. I, I saw the most interesting mock draft yesterday, and I don't have it in front of me, unfortunately, but that I've seen since this whole process started. I mean, it almost every pick was like, "Wow, I didn't think about that. That that would be crazy if that happened." It it was, and it was a guy who his last name was Donahue, I believe, and and so, you know, again, he's building himself up, so who knows if it's true. But so say, according to what he was saying over the last five years, he's been the most accurate of all of the draft analysts. According to him, I, I obviously didn't double check it. I have no idea if that's a lie or not. But according to him, over the last five years of all the draft analysts, he's been the most accurate. Um, and he had the Saints picking Cross at 16, who I and a lot of other people have going nine to Seattle. But, I mean, could he drop from nine to 16? Of course, it's possible from Mississippi State. And he has Drake London going 19. He So he had the Saints getting cross in London. No, London was the guy when this process started, I was the most high on because I read all their bios for the receivers. I read their strengths. I read their weaknesses. I read what all the, you know, the, these experts say about him. And he seemed like the best combination of size, speed, and big play ability. The only thing that I'm starting to worry about him is again he you know he he, he injured himself uh, his ankle and missed the end of the season and then he has a hamstring and misses pro day so I just wonder if this guy's injury prone now again it's because you've been injured doesn't mean you're going to be injury prone your whole career we've seen it work all every way possible but I'm I'm starting to wonder if he's going to drop. Because can't take injuries. Like, I wonder if the Saints are thinking that, like, okay, maybe they're saying, you know what? We like this receiver, and we like this receiver, and we like that receiver. And let's say two of them are available when the Saints come pick, come up to pick. I wonder if the tiebreaker is like, you know what? This guy don't miss games. Remember, availability is the best ability, especially after what the Saints have been through the last two years with all the injuries, especially at that position where nobody ever plays. They're always hurt. Um, so because of my fear and paranoia about in- another injured receiver, um, I'm, I, I, I'm not – I don't have Drake London on the top of my list, but if they like him and they, they, they're confident that, you know, he's no more of an injury risk than anyone else. Look, I'll, you know, they pick him. I'll be hopeful. You know, the one, there's one good thing. A glass half full guy like myself always can find the good, the, the shining light in all of this. You know, what's the one good thing? about all this quarterback talk that's driving me bonkers is if they if the Saints pick a defensive lineman or a, a cornerback or something else that's not a quarterback, it won't, after obsessing about 
picking quarterback for a month, for months. If they pick something that I don't really want, it won't seem as bad as it would if we haven't had all this quarterback talk. Seriously. Like, I don't want them to pick a defensive lineman. They did last year. But if they pick a defensive lineman, while I won't be doing jumping jacks, even though I physically am not capable of doing that, <laughs> um, even though I even though I won't be trying to do jumping jacks, it won't be as bad as picking a quarterback. So, uh, you know, I guess I can live yeah. with it. So, yes, you'll be okay. Yeah. But you want to pick a safety, right? Was it one of the picks? No, I don't. I mean, I, you know, I, I I started out with wanting a safety, but I really want – I'm starting to think they need to pick a running back in the second round. So, a running back. Got it. Yeah. That, 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 that's so my wish list. If the running back happens, offensive line, key, it'd be a glorious day. Offensive line, wide receiver in some order, and then running back in the second round. That's my new wish list. Okay. Updated so wish list. If it's none of those, then it's going to be an well, okay day with as long quarterback. As long as it's not a quarterback. It's a as long day. as it's not a quarterback, punter, or kicker. See, that's what I put. I put, I put quarterback up there with punter and kicker on my least desirable positions to draft in the first round. Quarterback, punter, kicker. As long as it's not one of them, I can live with it. Now, there'll be different levels of elation depending on what position it is. So if they pick any of those, please feel free to send me anything you want me to talk about because I'll probably have to run the show and have right. the show for two hours I, 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 <laughs> the day I, I, after. I, I, absolutely. Or you, could, <laughs> or you could just call me and I'll be going, uh. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll Zoom conference. Uh, but, so he doesn't have to get out of his bed. Oh. Uh. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll come back. 15 days. We'll continue to muddle through. 15 days. Next on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana, Sports Station. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles is your home for the Houston Astros. Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, and the rest of the Astros are looking to get back to the World Series. You can listen at every pitch, hit, and thrilling victory as Robert Ford and Steve Sparks will be on the call. Tune in all season long for Astros baseball right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind you about the Angola Prison Rodeo giveaway. And it's scheduled for April 23rd and 24th, less than 15 days away. Unlike the NFL draft, which is 15 days away. The Angola Prison Rodeo is uh, what is it, about a week and a half away. April 23rd and 24th, if you would like to win tickets, free tickets to the Angola Prison Rodeo, text Angola to 68683. Text Angola to 68683, and you might win free tickets to the Angola Prison Rodeo thanks to the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. All right, Astro, uh, uh, Astro. Well, speaking of the Astros, by the way, just a reminder, they're playing at 140 our time today, day game in Arizona. And you can hear that game right here on 10, um, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. So 
Look forward to that. But what I meant to say, actually, um, as we expected, Cajun baseball got rained out yesterday. LSU baseball got rained out today. Supposed to rain today, but the forecast for the it's supposed to rain today. The forecast for tomorrow looks good. So I think the the series between the Cajuns and ULM is going to be fine. Softball things didn't go as smoothly, however. They were told they were going to be able to play, so they actually went to Hammond and got there pouring and had to drive back. That is a pas bon as well. Um, not good. Um, kind of cost you a day of practice. And speaking of Cajun softball, in about an hour we'll be talking with head coach Jerry Glasgow, so we'll discuss that and that frustration and look forward to to the um, weekend series scheduled to start tomorrow against South Alabama. Not just any series, the series that the winner has a would have a very good chance of winning the the, the Sun Belt Conference regular season title. So, looking forward to um, to that big matchup. All right, let's go back to the game hotline and talk to David. Hello, hey Kevin, howdy, sir. Hey. You know what gets me is like when I read these mock drafts, and it's not only that they have the Saints pick us picking the quarterback, right? But it's like Matt Corral or Desmond Ritter in the first round. Like I just want to grab my phone and throw it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've seen it. Now you know Crazy Chris Sims. Crazy Chris Sims, who who a lot of times he says a lot of crazy off the wall opinions, but sometimes he's right. He actually thinks that Matt Corral's the best quarterback of this group, and that wouldn't shock me because. Again, I don't think any of them are first-round draft picks. I wouldn't pick one of these guys with the 32nd pick. So if you tell me that five years from now Matt Corral's going to do the best, I wouldn't be shocked because I don't think any of them are first-rounders. Personally, if you say, I got to have one of them, I, I, it would be Pickett. But again, I don't think any of these guys are first-round picks. And so, look, I hope it doesn't happen at all. Obviously, I, you know, anybody who has any lie, even if you, even if you're not – Pro, even if you're a QW, like a lot of you are, and you're not categorically against the philosophy of picking a quarterback in 16 and 19, like I have been for decades, um, then there's just no logic to even taking it. You can't even, even then you can't think this is a good idea. Yeah. It's just oh, crazy. I, I hear what you say about Chris Sims or whatever, but look, if we pick up Desmond Ritter or Matt Corral, at 16, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, again, you're going to be like just, me. You're going to be laying down going, oh, it's just awful. Now, what about that uh, receiver from Arkansas? It, you know, they brought him in for a visit. Um, the thing about like, – yeah, the thing about him um, – Burks. Traylon Burks. You know, he's 6'2", 225. To me, he's more like – plastic man a more of a a little bit more on the possession receiver side uh look if they like him it's not and he's a he's a wide receiver am I gonna be upset no I'm not gonna be upset but I I have him below the Ohio State in, in London and and even Williams just because I think they need more of a big play receiver if they're gonna draft a receiver I don't want a midget like Dotson or Robinson and 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 I and I think I think they need someone to compliment, not be more just like Michael Thomas. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Um, so that defensive tackle from Georgia, what's his name? Uh, Davis or 
Jordan yeah. Davis, yes. Jordan Davis. So, like, I've seen a lot of mock drafts with us taking him. Yes. With, you know, him falling out. He's a beast. Now, yeah. But, like, don't you think that we've had bad luck with Georgia defensive tackles? Oh. <laughs> Not just linemen, but defensive tackles. <laughs> Yeah. From Georgia. Oh, well, yeah. Obviously, if, if the Saints would pick Jordan Davis, you know, we would obviously think about what happened, what was that, 17, 18 years ago um, with Jonathan Sullivan. Yeah, so a lot of people will think about that. But, but I do think he's a really good player and he's a beast. I just don't think they can afford to pick another defensive lineman. They just have other issues that are just more important. Yeah, I I'm totally like just just pick a wide receiver, you know, an offensive lineman. Just I I, I don't know, man. But I, what if they pick a guard? Like seriously, I'm we 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 we've been so tied up in tackle in our mind. It hit me earlier this week. Like, what if they pick a guard? I, I don't know what I think I mean, about that. Fans wouldn't be happy, but I'd be all right with that. We need some kind of offensive lineman, you know. Offensive what a fan, the fans hate Pete and they hate Ruiz, so they can't be that unhappy if they pick a guard. I I just think we're like, I think you got to. Tr- I think you had the point where you have to trust Ruiz and and Pete and and now I'm okay if they pick a guy that they think could do guard or tackle and have some versatility. But man, a true well, that's tackle. What Pete is. <laughs> that's what Pete is. Yeah. You know? I don't know. It, it, it would be um, – I, I would wonder how that would work out. But may, maybe they'll come up with one. All right, Kevin. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Now, Tyler Smith, the guy who's kind of, the, you know, jumping up the draft boards or compared to like two months ago from now that Joey talked about, he technically would fit that bill. A guy who's played tackle, but they look at him as a guard maybe at the NFL level. So I don't know how, how that would work out. Um, kind of scary, but uh, but no, there are some guys. Some look, th- there could be three guards picked in the f- could be four guards picked in the first round. Uh, not would not shock a lot of people if that happened, and so that's something that I haven't seen anyone predict the Saints to pick a guard, but I, I, I don't know that it's totally depends on what they really think about Ruiz. Not what the fans think. You just wonder what they really think about his future. Uh and whether they think getting off the offensive line coach back can correct him a little bit. That that's um that that you know that, that that that's a big deal in it too, but um in terms of the overall mock draft that that we t- I talked about it weeks ago, but it, it it's getting one of the things that is the most difficult initially if you start at the top and you move down is what do you do with Kavon Thibodeau. Like, what do you do with him? It's um, a lot of people have him dropping. I just don't think he's going to drop as far as they think. I, something tells me right now I have him going to the Lions. I, something tells me he's going to the Lions. But if he doesn't go to the Lions, 
at two, I don't know where exactly he's going to go. I mean, I could see the Texans taking him. I could certainly see that. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Kevin. Yes, sir. Okay, listen, I'm gonna, uh, you know, my, my, my time limited. The good news is I'm going to be, you know, on my little Easter vacation, you know, for the starting Friday for 10 days. And then when I'm, when I'm on my little vacation, you know, I got a lot of things going on, so I can't listen as religiously as I do when I'm not on vacation. So it's gonna, you know, I, I, there might be a lapse in me calling, but I'll be back the week of the draft. So that's a good thing because I probably won't be agonizing as much if I don't listen to you for two hours every day. So, however, this is what I've decided, Kevin. This is the only way I think I can make it for 15 days. I'm getting in my mind, okay, I'm not even entertaining the thought of the packaging the pick to move up because that that's not happening. That's not happening. Uh, that cannot happen. There's no way they can be that stupid and think that one of these second or third round mediocre maybe play in their career. Maybe you call them a redshirt quarterback. I'm giving that's giving those guys a lot of credit. Calling them a redshirt quarterback because that's saying they're going to be ready in a year. I don't think I don't know if these guys are ever going to be ready to do anything but hold a clipboard. So I'm saying. This is what I'm thinking. They're not packaging those deals. Absolutely not. There's no way they're going to do that. I'm getting my mind ready for them picking one of these guys in the first round, which is going to be agonizing, but at least it's not going to destroy our chances, I don't think, of winning right now. If they pick one quarterback in the first round and still get a receiver and a tackle in you know, one of the first-round picks and the second-round pick, I think we can still win now. But so that's what I'm, I'm getting my mind set for that. That way I'll just be in the agony, but I won't be laying on the floor like you, that noise you make. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I, because look, you got to prepare yourself can, for it. Absolutely. I, uh, you got to prepare. Survive. I can survive picking a quarterback. I can I can survive, but you know uh, if I get my mind right for the next two weeks, but uh, there's no way I can't. I'm, I don't know if I ever recover. I didn't think I'd ever recover from the Minnesota miracle. Then I didn't think I'd ever recover from the NFC Championship game, and this is a trifecta. If they hit us with this, then I might not make it. But good news is I'm going to be away from you quite a bit in the next you know, a week and a half, and then I get back to you on draft week, and then we can just agonize it out. All right, but you got to call me at least one time next week, Manny. Oh, yeah, I'm going to call you one time, but, you know, I won't be calling like Uh, I got you. I got you. I got you. Thanks, Manny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Manny. I hear what he's saying. Let's take a timeout. We'll come back, finish out. The first hour of today's show next on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Why doesn't Kevin Foot talk more basketball? Oh! Because it's in the best interest for his health. 
not to discuss basketball. I had to give up basketball to save my life. I cannot take basketball. It's way too subjective. More footnotes coming up on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. If it's if it if it's a team calling, Ricky, if it's a team calling to trade that you're calling to trade up for a quarterback, you can definitely lose that number. Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind y'all about Reshard Seafood Patio. If you would like to win a fifty dollar gift certificate to Reshard Seafood Patio. You simply need to sign up for the Game Clubhouse, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com today, where you could get great ball crawfish, ball shrimp, ball crabs, grilled seafood, burgers, steaks, po' boys, and, yes, seafood buffet. So, again, if you would like to win a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio, go to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. All right, real quick. I haven't examined the whole schedule. I should have done that, but I did not. The one game that sticks out to me in Major League Baseball is is, is the Rays and the A's. The A's scored 13 runs two days ago, and then they 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 got real thought real highly of themselves. They scored eight runs yesterday. Well, today they're playing the Rays again against their ace pitcher. I really like the chances of them scoring not a lot of runs. So I kind of like the Rays over the A's today. We'll see how. We'll see how that turns out since someone asked me to, to kind of give my best bet, and I'll see if I can come up with another one for the next hour. That's it for hour number one, hour number two, coming up next on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. 7060111 is the game hotline if you would like to get in. We've talked about the drafts 15 days away, but if you would prefer to talk about NBA playoffs or the Astros or Cajun baseball or softball or LSU baseball or softball or anything else, certainly feel free to call the game hotline 7060111. Did get a chance to see a little bit of the NBA action last night. You know, there's some people – Timberwolves missed too many free throws for one, but but they won. Um, There's some people getting on the Timberwolves because they kind of over-celebrated a play-in, the first round of a play-in victory. I, I get that, but they're in. And they've, o- they've only made the playoffs like two times in Hannah's life. Or at least, you know, the last 16 or 17 years. I mean, let them celebrate. Now, again, I understand a lot of people hate Beverly. He's a guy that probably wants people to hate him or he wouldn't act the way he did. He does. 
and he has. So I understand hating Beverly, but, you know, the Timberwolves, when do they get to cheer for anything? So let, let them celebrate. Who cares? I mean, they didn't do anything. I mean, they, they went overboard, but why not have a little fun? They, they, they've had so little to cheer about. Arguably their best player, you know, played a terrible, did not play very well, fouled out of the game, and they still won. So good for them. So tonight, obviously, the Pelicans play 8.30 on ESPN. So for those of us who don't normally have Cox and get to watch a lot of Pelicans, it's a good opportunity, you know, the biggest game the Pelicans have played in a few years. Um, and so, and it's on TV against the Spurs. And, you know, it's a little on the late side, 8.30 start, but it is what it is. And the first game, by the way, is Charlotte and Atlanta at 6 o'clock. So we'll see what happens. It'll It's um, the Nets obviously played really well early on. And all the people who were saying, well, the Nets are dangerous, when they played well early on, um, were probably saying, see, I told you so, but then, you know, I'm watching the game at the end and they're up, what, five points, three points? I mean, it's like, man, this team they're playing is not that good, is it? Like, seemed like they would put them away a little quicker than that. So we'll see. Uh, obviously, I don't have any great love for the Nets, but they're playing the Celtics, so I hope they crush them. You know, I mean, I, the Nets talk is a little bit nauseating because obviously I'm not a big Kevin Durant fan after the shenanigans he pulled when he went to Golden State, the edge of night. I mean, I just... I'm um, not a big fan of him, but... and. And, and so I don't have any great love for the Nets, but if you ask me who you're rooting for, the Nets or the Celtics, of course I'm pulling for the Nets. So um, I'd be okay with them winning, but I really don't think they're going to. I really don't think the Nets are going to beat the Celtics in a series. I, I don't I don't really think that's going to happen, but we'll see. Important thing right now for most NBA, for a lot of NBA fans in this area is that the Pelicans win tonight, and again, 8.30 ESPN, we'll see if that happens. Astros once again playing a day game afternoon, 1.40 at Arizona, and then another day off. Last night, Jose Siri. I've already told you all that my um, my youngest daughter, Riley, big Astro fan, she can't stand Jose Altuve. So I'm going to make her really mad right now. I'm going to give Jose Altuve some credit. And the other guy that she's not really that high on for the Astros is Jose Siri. Got to give him a lot of credit. So I don't know if she's listening right now, but I want to give Siri credit because, one, he hit a home run, and it was one-to-one going to the ninth. And then in the ninth, he hits a two-out single to right center, and stretches it to a double because he's fast and aggressive. And then Jose Altuve came up. And Altuve's off to a rough start at the plate. Not swinging a good bat. Having a lot of bad at-bats. 
But in the seventh inning in the night, and I've seen him do that a lot over the years, and he normally stays very aggressive. But I saw him do something in two his last two at bats last night that impressed me. He real it's almost I mean I have no idea what he's thinking, but it's almost like he's thinking I'm not swinging a good bat right now. Let me take some pitches and walk. Jose doesn't walk enough. If the umpire calls the strike zone properly, he should walk a lot more. Now the umpire didn't always call the strike zone properly. Uh and what I mean by that it drives me crazy. If you have like Aaron Judge up and someone throws a ball right under Aaron Judge's armpits, they're calling it a ball. They're going to say ball up. Well, if someone throws a ball under Jose Altuve's armpits, they call it a strike. Do they not see that the man is a midget? Like, stop calling it a strike when it's up there by his shoulders. It's not a strike. Now, it might have been a strike 50 years ago, but until you start calling ball at the shoulders a strike for everyone, stop calling it for Jose Altuve. But anyway, that's a side note. Um, Altuve shocked me in the seventh inning and in the ninth inning. So I was sitting there saying, Jose, you don't swing. The minute he stood to the plate in the ninth inning last night, it's about it's about 8.52, 8.53, somewhere in there. I mean, uh, 11, it was just shy. Within 10 minutes of midnight, because the game finished right about midnight. Um, so I'm saying, don't swing, Jose. Because he's not swinging well, and on deck is Michael Brantley, who, who when he gets in his little stretches, can really hit. Again, he's the only hitter in Major League Baseball hit over 300 for the last four seasons. Only one. So, uh, if you need a single, he's a pretty good guy to have at the plate. So, I'm saying, Jose, don't swing. And guess what he did? He listened. And I, 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 I um, kind of detail that with people around. It When they listen to me, it normally works better. I've noticed over the years. If they just listen to me, you know, my son Russ and other people have told me, Dad, they can't hear you. Why are you screaming at the TV? They can't hear you. Well, because I just hope that somehow they still listen. Well, Jose listened, and he walked. He walked in the seventh. He was very patient, and he walked in the ninth. I appreciated that very much because guess what happened on the first pitch to Michael Brantley? He singled to left and and scored the game-winning run. I don't think Jose was going to single to score the game-winning run. If he had been aggressive, I think he would have made an out, and Brantley would have been leading off the top of the 10th, hopefully. But, um, but no, I got I to gotta give Altuve credit. Normally, he doesn't do that. He normally stays ultra-aggressive, which he's been his entire career, ultra-aggressive at the plate. And But he's not swinging it well right now. The game was on the line. It was tied 1-1 in the seventh. He walked. It didn't work out. But he was. it was tied 1-1 in the ninth. He walked. The next batter singled. Game-winning RBI. Third hit of the game. And uh, Astros win 2-1. to one. So I got to give Siri a lot of credit. Got to give Altuve a lot of credit. And then, of course, Brantley. Man. You know, he's not the greatest player in the world, although he made a really nice defensive play last night, diving near the, the line. 
Uh, he's not the fastest. He's not the best this or that. But the man can just flat out. He's a prof- the Astros have some two professional hitters. Like that guy's really a professional hitter. And then of course there's the professional hitter in Yuli, who's the the um, returning AL batting champ. So. Don't all they don't all hit a ton of home runs, but man, they got some guys that can hit. And again, we'll be talking more Astros baseball with our weekly interview with Patrick tomorrow uh, from Houston and get his impressions of the first week of the season. A lot to be excited about. The Astros are off to a four and one start, and they're really not hitting it. Other than one game, they're not really swinging it very well. But that's okay. A lot of teams don't swing it well early, um, but it's great to get all these road victories. Uh, outstanding. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. So, uh, again, the Astros play where you can hear the Astros 140 game against Arizona today. Um, right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. And Framber's pitching. We'll see how he does. Pitched outstanding in the, in the first game against the Angels. And we'll see what he does in this one. And, you know, um, you know, they should have pretty good idea, pretty good um, stable of bullpen guys available because they were off on Monday. Maton pitched last night. Nares. Now, Blake Taylor did not pitch well last night. Uh, that was that was a really bad outing. But I think they rushed him to get in. And, um Abreu continues to be an enigma. I like him. Throws really hard. I think his ceiling is very high. And yet, you know, he threw one right down the middle and gave up a solo home run, which is not the end of the world. You're going to give up solo homers here and there. But, um, you know, he was he was hitting 100. He hit 100 last night. And he's got a great arm. He's still young. Uh, man, I'm I'm just like I said about an hour ago. I am really excited about the Astros bullpen right now and what it's looking like. Like really excited about the Astros bullpen. So that that's gonna be my go-to whenever I get I, I read one of these mock drafts and they tell me how the Astro how the Saints are gonna pick a quarterback. I'm I'm gonna try to con- coax my mind to going right to the Astros. Just think about the Astros bullpen and how thankful am I? I mean, a year ago we were talking about the ball pin. And all because all they did was throw balls and walk people. Now they did as a staff last night. They walked too many. I think they walked five. That's a little too many. But but overall, the I, I'm really excited. So I got to focus more on the Astros bullpen and focus less on the possibility of of the Saints doing the dumbest thing in the history of the franchise. So which um, I, I I feel better than I did yesterday when when we talked. Uh, was that two days ago when we talked about this yesterday? Uh, I feel better. So the therapy worked, and I appreciate all that y'all did, to, including Hannah with the music selections to, to calm me down a little bit there. Hannah's, I, I'm, I'm worried that she's getting a bad impression of the, NF, the NFL draft. I think the NFL draft is great. And just because stupid people say stupid things and it negatively impacts a paranoid person like myself does not mean the NFL draft is bad. So I don't want you to, I think the NFL draft is, is tremendous. And so I'm, I'm hoping she doesn't, it sounds like she's dreading these next 15 days. I'm dreading it because I can't wait to get to it. 
I'm dreading it because I am ready for you to be either very happy or very grumpy. <laughs> one or the other. Get this it over mismatch with. thing, it's yeah. just not working. I mean, then again, we are in day two of a glorious day, so it is can a we get a triple? Day. I don't know. It is, it is, it is a glory. That's a second glorious day this week, no question. Hopefully the Astros can... Um, can uh, win again this afternoon and see another interesting mock drafts that don't include quarterbacks for the Saints, and then it'll be another glorious day. Right. That's all I need. Yes. It's a good thing. I'm all just right. it for you. Oh, no, I, I get it. 15, though. That's a big number, 15. When you think of 15, what do you think about other than the amount of agonizing days for the uh, NFL? Courtney Roby returned to kickoff to beat the Rams one game. Um, don't think I'm too much else. Fifteen's not the greatest number ever. So no, I'm only at fifteen. 14. I think of like just our timing. We we have our commercial breaks are every fifteen minutes. But Tomorrow will be fourteen. And co- of course, fourteen was the number Opie Taylor wore in football when he played in Mayberry years ago. All and, information I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll take a timeout. Come back on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Which NFL MVP annoys Kevin Foote the most? Who is Aaron Rodgers? He's the most arrogant athlete I've ever seen. I think he's really, to his core, that arrogant. He really believes, why in the world are you even speaking to me? You are a lower form of human being. That kind of arrogance is what I'm talking about, and I think that's who Aaron Rodgers is. That is correct. Now, back to more footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111 if you would like to get in. Also want to remind you about Trash Bash. Want to help clean up Lafayette Paris? Trash Bash. Sound like a cereal almost. A um, community cleanup presented by the Environmentally Quality Division of Lafayette Consolidated Government and Bayou Vermilion District is scheduled for Saturday, April the 23rd. Man, it seems like that is a busy weekend. We've got rodeos. and seemed like there was something else that was that weekend. Uh, April 23rd, that you said? Yeah, April 23rd and 24th. I seem like that's a busy weekend. That's the weekend I'm going to the uh, Astros game against the Blue Jays. You see? Busy weekend. But anyway, if you are, if you are interested in, the, um, in participating in the Trash Bash, where residents of all ages are invited to pick up litter in streets, parks, and Bayou Vermilion, anyone can volunteer. Volunteers can register by calling 291-5637. 291-5637, that's Pat Swilling, Benny Thompson. 
or, or by emailing recycling at lafayettela.gov. No cost to participate in the trash bash on um, Saturday, April the 23rd. That will be, what, four or five days till the NFL draft. We'll be down to single digits by that time. and Who knows what my mental state will be by then. All right, again, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. Uh, we had a Viking fan call earlier, and he was asking about a, a possible wide, you know, second-round wide receiver in match. Or I, I think second round. I mean, I mean, I guess it, there are so many wide receivers that seem like they have a chance to make it in the NFL that are going to be picked in the first three rounds. I guess you never know when someone at the end of the first round, like like the Chiefs or like the Packers, uh, might say, you know, I really like so-and-so that most people are no, you know don't have in the second or third. For instance, Robinson, 5'8", mighty miles kind of receiver out of Kentucky, I don't think he's going to go in the first round, but I guess it wouldn't be the biggest shock in the world of the Chiefs or the Packers or one of these teams picking in the last four or five picks of the first round. Uh, goes with one of these wide receivers that not so many people are picking to go in the first round. I mean, it wouldn't be shocking if seven or eight go in the first round. Wouldn't Wouldn't be shocking. And so we'll see. And I think there's going to be a lot going. But, man, there's a lot of edge rushers being picked like edge rushers everywhere which I love I love I, I look I don't think there's going to be four or five quarterbacks taken in the first round like all these draft all these QW draft experts do but look it only helps the Saints if they do as long as the Saints aren't one of them I mean if the Saints do what they're supposed to do it's great that all these teams want to pick edge rushers and quarterbacks keep doing it I mean, I, I there's going to be, I don't know, three or four cornerbacks taken. I'm good with that, too. I mean, I hope there are five or six edge rushers, four or five quarterbacks, four or five cornerbacks, all picked in the first round. You know, that, that, leaves, that leaves a lot more options for the positions that most of us think, including myself, that, that the Saints ought to pick. I mean, I don't think there's going to be too many linebackers picked. Maybe just one, maybe two. But uh, if they want to pick three, I'm good with that. Anything that um, pushes the positions that the that the Saints need to pick down is is what I'm is what I'm rooting for. Now, a lot of people, you know, we've been harping a lot about. The quarterbacks, and I, because me and a lot of other Saints fans who agree with me don't want the Saints to pick a quarterback, it would be, it would be stupid. But, but there are other teams where it wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily say it's totally stupid for them. But what are they going to do? Like, there are some people that think the Lions need to pick a quarterback. The Lions currently pick two and thirty-two. So, in my opinion, it would be stupid to pick a quarterback at two because there isn't a first-round quarterback in this whole draft, in my opinion. So, 
You, so I would pick whether it's Thibodeau or Walker or if Hutchinson drops, you know, one of those three. Uh, I mean, I don't think they're going to pick an offensive lineman because the Lions are pretty good on the offensive line by line standards. So I, I don't think they would pick like Neal or, or um, the tackle from NC State. I don't think that's going to happen. So I, I think it's going to be Hutchinson, Thibodeau, or Walker. So I think they should pick an impact defensive player. And then at 32, you know, if Ritter's still available they could, and they like him, they, you know, I, I think it's still possible that Pickett or Willis could be available then, although I think Pickett's going to the Ornals at six, but we'll see. Um, I just, I think Seattle theoretically could pick a quarterback. So I think that's possible. Everyone thinks the Steelers are going to pick a quarterback. I don't think so. Um, and then there's always the possibility of someone trading. Like, if I'm Detroit and there's a quarterback that I really like, then trade, you know, trade up to the middle of the first round if one falls. So I could see somebody trading up in the first round or into the first round to get a quarterback. I just can't see all these teams picking quarter like like I said yesterday that guy Cosell, Greg Cosell, he said he's predicting five quarterbacks going in the first round. That would mean I guess for that to happen assuming there are no trades which could always happen, then that would mean the Lions would have to pick one, the Falcons would have to pick one which I don't think is going to happen. The Arnolds would have to pick one which I'm pretty sure has a good chance of happening. Uh, Seattle and Pittsburgh. I just don't believe that all those people are going to pick quarterbacks. I don't believe it. I, I I don't think the Steelers. I think the Steelers are going to try to help their football team, not pick a guy who's not going to help them for two years. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so we'll see how that play, how that plays out. Um, David called early. He obviously hates Matt Corral. Again, I don't hate any of these guys as second or third round picks. I just, I think where they are relative to the position, their talent level for their position would be second or third round picks at any other position except for, except for the fact that they play quarterback. And so people elevate them because, they, because of the position that they play. I just, I don't want to pick one of those. Now, again, if I ha if I'm the Lions and I don't really love my quarterback and I have a lot of picks including two, one at the bottom of the first round I mean you know when you're picking 32 it's technically a first round pick but can you say basically a second round pick I'm I'm okay with the Lions doing it at 32 um I think it's very possible they're going to pick one at 32 but but if they pick it at two, I just I just won't get it. And now again, Seattle is someone is a franchise that's kind of in transition right now. They're used to winning, but they did not win last year. And their quarterback as of now is a guy who's been a backup basically his whole career. And so in Locke, and so could you see, well, they say, well, look, I, we're not convinced Locke is our future quarterback, which hardly no one is. Um, and so we, it, it makes sense for Seattle to pick a quarterback. 
I could see that. If Seattle picks a quarterback, I bet you it's it's Willis. Willis seems like the quarterback that they would take. Um, but but who knows? We don't. But if I was them, I wouldn't. Unless they um, somehow work some sort of crazy trade or someone trades up like somebody really wants a quarterback and they trade up to him and they trade back and they get an extra pick and then they can use that pick to pick a quarterback, then I would if I was Seattle. I just, man, I'm just, it's just so hard to basically throw away a year or two and you say, well, we just really don't care about winning the next couple of years. We really don't care about it. Let's not help our team. Let's pick a quarterback that's going to sit for two years. Uh, you know, like like Jordan Love. Can you imagine? If, if, I mean, just look at Green Bay. Look, I hate Aaron Rodgers, but there's no doubt he's a great quarterback. So let's say Aaron Rodgers was really washed up. Just think about that now. If Aaron Rodgers was washed up, like some people were suggesting he might be like three years ago, that he was really not totally washed up, but starting to head downhill, that he his age was going to treat him a lot more rudely than it treated Brady, say. Um, think about how bad the Packers would have been the last few years. Awful. Don't get it. I, there's just no way I want to go that route. Don't want to go that route at all. But I hope anybody but the Saints, anybody but the Saints want to do it, go for it. All right. Well, it's time to take another time out. We'll take it. And when we come back, have our weekly conversation with UL softball coach Jerry Glasgow next after this time out on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. April 13th, 1986. Jack Nicklaus shoots a final round 7-under 65 to win his record 18th major with a one-stroke victory over Greg Norman and Tom Kite at the Masters. At 46, the Golden Bear is the oldest Masters winner. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We have with us UL softball coach Jerry Glasgow. How are you, sir? Morning, Kevin. How are you all? Well, I know yesterday didn't go as well as you would have liked. Um, I guess I guess is the bad thing. It kind of cost you a practice yesterday going to Hammond and getting rained out, or, or, or how does that work? Yeah, we lost a day. You know, I, I called over in the morning and, uh, you know, offered a reschedule for the 26th, but they felt like we could get the game in last night. And, you know, I, I said, well, you know, we don't want to lose a day of practice if we're not going to play. It looks sketchy, but they felt like the weather report was going to be okay. And they've got an all turf field. So we ended up driving all the way over on the bus and, as soon as we got in hitting, it started lightning really, really bad. And 
And then at that point, the National Weather Service said it would be at least 9 o'clock before it cleared out and probably rained in the area until midnight. And I, I didn't want to play a 10, 11 o'clock p.m. game with on a wet turf field and take a chance on injury right before this, you know, long road trip. Right. Really an important trip with South Island and Illinois and Indiana and that state. So we ended up getting back on the bus and coming home. So we just, it was not the kind of day you want to have right before a huge series with South Alabama, but it's what nature dealt with us, uh, dealt, and we'll just have to deal with it. All right, so I don't know if you have someone on your staff that, that does this or not, but what I looked at the weather report, and it sounds okay for the first two days in Mobile, but but like around 60% chance of rain on on Saturday. What do you feel? I mean, I, you, you really want to get these three games in. Yeah, we need to play. We need to play these games, and, you know, it would be a bad break if those games get rained out. But I feel confident we will. Uh I haven't studied the mobile weather extensively. I just saw that there was rain in the forecast. And I know that they'll move the games forward if needed. We could play two on Thursday um, and one on Friday even. you know. So it's always a possibility to move games forward in a big series like that. And Coach Clark, is, you know, she wants to play. So I'm, I'm confident that we can work something out. So we've talked a lot about, you know, Years ago, when it used to for a while, there was the Cajuns in South Alabama fighting for the conference championship every year. And when they're doing well, it's almost always they're pitching. And yet, um, you know, you mentioned in Monday's press conference, I would argue that y'all pitching is deeper than theirs. Yeah, I I think we have the best pitching in the conference. It hasn't looked like it at times this year, and part of that's due to a young defense. Uh, uh, and a young team that gets caught up in emotion um, and what's going on around us sometimes, which is what causes those big innings. But I felt confident coming into the season that with, you know, we have four kids that can really throw the ball with velocity, and and I think now you're, you know, you really got three pitchers settled in throwing at a high level. Um. I feel like we've got the best pitching in the conference I thought we would have coming into the season. And, you know, I think we're starting to see signs of that now, although we did a really good job of hiding it there early in the early third of the season especially. So how do you, you know, your team has played LSU and, and Alabama and Texas a couple times. I mean, how – how do you feel like the team, the group that you have right now, I don't get the impression that the moment's going to be too big for them. In other words, you're, you know, we're building this up as the series for the conference championship kind of thing. How do you feel like they handle that part of it, your young players? Yeah, no, I think at this point in the season, you know, the lumps they took early on, I think are of more benefit than early season victories would have been. I think it put them in a really good place where, you know, they realize they had a lot to learn and they realize they have to grow. They realize that, you know, they have to improve to to reach the goals that they have coming into college and things they want to accomplish in their college career. So the losses, you know, losses teach you way more than winning. And I feel really good about where we're at right now. I think, 
you know, I'm really frustrated we let the, the third game at Texas State get away. I'm frustrated we lost at McNeese in 13 innings, and we made, I don't know how many mistakes we made in that game, but a lot of mistakes were made, you know, and we still lost by one run in 13 innings. And then we had a lot of off-the-field dynamics that played into that, you know, in the minutes, and like in the minutes before McNeese, there were so many things happening off the field that, you know, had to have emotionally drained my players. And that's all stuff that they've got to learn as a young uh, college student-athlete, like to avoid those situations and keep that stuff out of our dugout and keep that stuff off our field and keep that stuff out of our program. And so those are all growing things and learning things that, have come into play this season that I feel like will, you know, will better us down the down the stretch and and make us a more dangerous team come playoff time. You know, you you brought up chemistry issues and things happening off the field that mess up the chemistry of a team. How important? It's not something we talk a lot about. How important are assistant coaches and being a solution in that whole pro- issue there in that whole scenario? Yeah, well, critical because it's critical because as a head coach, like you have to kind of oversee the whole program, and you you're kind of I don't know how to say it, but you're kind of you have to maintain that uh, level or separation between players and and the head coach, but yet assistant coaches. They have that ability and that need. Players need. They need. They need to really get involved, and, and they're around them every day. If you're around, if you're a pitching coach, you're around your pitchers on a daily basis. If you're a defensive coach, you're around your players on a daily basis. If you're a hitting coach, you're around your players on a daily basis, and they have that. And they have the time. You know, they have the time to 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 get involved with the players and have. You know, conversation with the players, and they're critical. It's critical that they, um, you know, get involved in, in, on a on a personal level or on a team management level, to where they we can avoid those type of things. Now, are you now that I mean, I guess you could say the dust settle. I guess it's still in the process of settling, but it sure seems settled the way y'all played against Troy last weekend. Do you feel like the chemistry is even better than it was towards the beginning of the year and and all of that is behind you, or is that still a concern? No, it's definitely not definitely not behind us. I think we're on the backside of it. Um, there'll be I think that there'll be closure by the time we get home from the spring break trip, complete closure of everything. Um, but definitely not 100% behind us at all. Um, definitely we're way down the road. Uh, it kind of peaked, uh, probably the peak moment of, of all the drama probably was around, you know, an hour before the tip off of the McNeese game, which was unfortunate, but that wasn't our timeline. That was a timeline that was given to us. And, and so that was kind of the peak. And now we're, now we're, so to speak, we're going down the other side of the mountain. And I think we're getting in a better place daily. And, and definitely there was a lot of relief after the after the McNeese game. 
um, the loss was so disappointing and so frustrating. But there was also a huge amount of relief, and I think that kind of you saw the team relax against Troy a little bit. And I hope I think we can still maintain that uh, that movement in the right direction as we go into South Alabama, and then it's going to be a long road trip, and so the players uh, need to really focus on softball and keeping it a softball focus and eliminate all those distractions that they can that they can create if they don't if they don't have softball as a priority. All right, so one more question before we let you go, coach. Are you pretty convinced at this time and kind of I know you look at RPIs and study all of that. Are you pretty convinced that if you win the regular season that you will get an at-large bid if you don't win the conference tournament? We have to beat, I believe we have to win the South Alabama series. <clears throat> and we have to beat Illinois and Indiana to be totally convinced of that. Um, for me to, for RPI, if we keep our RPI in the 30s, uh, we'll be fine, I, I believe. Now, you never know. And you never know. I know the committee's going to look for big wins. How big will the Troy wins be? I think a lot of that depends on what Troy does the rest of the way. If they if they end up, you know, end of the year, the last series of the year is South Al and Troy. If we can win the South Alabama series and they beat Troy, that's a wash. If we if we we've already beaten Troy, if we could take care of South Al and then Troy beat South Al, that's a that's a wash because you know we've beaten both teams. I think it's too early. I think we have to – I'll say it this way. It's kind of like when we went to Texas and we have to win three or four. doesn't matter which three you win, but you have to win three or four. You either have to sweep Texas State or you have to beat Texas and then turn around and win two out of three against Texas. I mean, you have to beat Texas on Wednesday night and then you have to turn around and beat Texas State two out of three, which is what we ended up doing. And I think that was a better three out of four than if we'd lost to Texas and then swept Texas State. Right. That that Texas loss, that Texas win will be the best win we have at the end of the year. Uh, but it, the Illinois doubleheader is critical to us, and I think we have to win one of those games. I think we need to win two of those games, and then Indiana is a must-win game in my mind because they're number sixty-two. But if, I'll say this: if we win. If we can win five out of six, I feel like we we'll, we definitely would feel safe going into the conference tournament. That would mean you won two out of three at at South Island, swept the Illinois Indiana games, or if you you know uh, swept South Island, that means you won two out of three at Illinois Indiana. So, and then we have to continue to play well. Like I think we need to for us to feel safe going into the conference tournament. We need to win something like 16 of these last 18 games or 15 of the last 18 games. And can can a team that's been inconsistent the first, you know, 60% of the year, can they suddenly become consistent? And that's, that's what you can't project on paper. The kids are going to have to, you know, the kids and the coaches are going to have to prove that on the field. But that's what we need to do. And if we do that, if we if – we, if we can go down this stretch run here and, and have a 80 to 90% win percentage right down the stretch, the last 
I believe we got 18 games left, then you would definitely say, yeah, that's an improved team. They absolutely have found a way to get better, and they've definitely improved and matured because, they, if nothing else, they became consistent. But we're a long way from being sure of getting in and at large bid. And in my mind right now, I'm thinking we have to win that Sunbelt Conference tournament. And I'll continue to think that probably no matter what happens, but for sure until we, you know, uh, get past the uh, South Alabama and Illinois-Indiana games. And then even at that point, you know, you're going to be wondering, like, if we happen to, if we lost two or three at App State or Coastal or University of Louisiana-Monroe, if you lost two or three to any of those teams, those are bad losses. Right. So you just, it's never going to end. This is a young team. We had a chance early if we could have went out and, and stole you know, stole games from Alabama and and LSU and Texas, then you know you're going to get a large bit. But we only got one of those uh, those seven games. And then we gave away, you know, we gave away really bad losses at Georgia State and Georgia Southern. Right. So, so I don't know that – and just guarantee no, I, 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 I get it. it, it it's going to – I don't know that we'll ever have that feeling. Right. All right, Coach, well, I appreciate uh, your time very much. Good luck with the weather and good luck on the field this weekend in Mobile. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, UL softball coach Jerry Glasgow will be back. Finish out today's show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We love talking about sports. Yeah. You love listening to sports. Yeah. Sounds like we were meant to be together, or at least friends with benefits. Aren't you glad you found us? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Back to more of the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. All right, we got to make a correction, folks. We said, or I said, 140. The Astros game against the Diamondbacks today is actually 240. I was confused watching the game last night because the, uh, I don't know, Blum or Callis, one of them said the game tomorrow is at 240. 1240 Central Time, and I'm like, wait a minute, it's not. So that's why when I saw 140, it kind of made sense. But anyway, a lot of confusion with the time zones. The bottom line is pregame today is 210, first pitch, 240. Astros, Diamondbacks, and you can hear it right here, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Please help the Astros to win, and you all have a nice day.